you know, allow how long you allow yourself to sit in that shit. You know, like if you sit in shit too long, you're gonna smell like shit. So you know, like <laughs> get out of it. <laughs> um, but you know, acknowledging that that is okay. Like every day is not always gonna be amazing. And you know, rainbow socks or no rainbow socks, like you can have a shit day, and that's okay. But I think um, you know, if you if you do have those conversations and you do start to understand what does make you smile or what does make you happy or what makes you feel successful or whatever it may be, that you you can pull yourself out of out of those those days a lot faster if you don't sit there too long welcome to another episode of couple of lattes as always i'm your host jacques massey and today i get to sit down with the amazing liz and we're going to talk about finding your reason so what that means is finding your purpose in life but also finding uh, your purpose in the everyday things you do, your whys. Why is it that you do certain things? And if there's no good reason, then why are you still doing it? Finding your reason sounds like a really simple concept, but in reality, most of us don't ever really find a reason for the majority of things that we do. But the power in finding your reason, the power in finding your whys behind all of the habits and the routines that you build in your life, as well as your friendships and your relationships, can be incredibly life-changing as you'll find out in today's podcast before we get into the conversation i do want to ask that you take a moment to leave a five-star rating uh, if you think the podcast deserves a five-star rating and also please leave a review every time you leave a review or a rating uh, especially on apple podcasts obviously only on apple podcasts if you're listening on spotify then subscribe uh, but on Apple Podcasts, what it does is it helps uh, with the algorithm. Basically, it helps us clock and beat the algorithm so that we can get this podcast out to more people, which, in my opinion, is a great thing. And I hope it's your opinion, too. I hope you get a lot out of this conversation. And if you want to get in contact with Liz or myself, all of those details are in the show notes. Enough of me blabbing on and let's crack on to today's podcast and let's help you find your reason. going to ask you a little bit about yourself so that people yep. that are listening and maybe watching on YouTube because that's the thing now know who you are but before I ask you that I wanted to know how does it feel to be a world record holder <laughs> um it feels the same as it felt to not be a world <laughs> record holder <laughs> okay. um I um yeah I kind of I don't know. It's, um, I don't think about it very often, to be honest. Um, the, well, to be honest, it's actually still an unofficial record for me because, um, there was a whole heap of backlash that I got after doing the record about the style of burpee that I was doing. The voice you're hearing is Liz, an unofficial Guinness world record holder and someone who has been working and thriving in the fitness industry for many years, helping people find their whys, find their reasons, and in doing so, finding her own. She has an incredible power and an incredible aura to her, as you'll find out in this discussion, and I really think that you're going to get a lot out of her wisdom. Um, which was done in accordance to the Guinness World Records um, 
uh, standard. Mm. And so that actually put me in such a spin, um, like I was like trolled online, um, that I never officially put all my paperwork through to, to make it official. So I think because of that, um, I kind of don't think about it really because the memory at the moment still is actually not that nice, which is a bit sad. Wow. I didn't realise <laughs> that had happened. That's unbelievable. Yeah. When I consider your reason for doing it, it doesn't really matter because your reason was exceptional. So maybe let's talk about why you actually did it and not focus on the trolls because I feel like those people, are, they've kind of just got their own shadows that they're angry at, right? Like, screw <laughs> those people. Like, why did you do it? Um, well, I... I have all. I, I have a friend who has um, got diagnosed with MS oh, quite a few years ago now, um, and it's one of those illnesses that um, you know is still quite a mystery to um, doctors and you know all of those kind of people. Um, and so when she was diagnosed, I kind of made a commitment to myself that whilst I was um you know well and able and healthy and you know all of that kind of stuff that every year or every you know so often I would do something um to kind of push myself outside of what was comfortable and do it to raise money for MS um and I remember seeing um a lady in Queensland and she did the 60 minutes um of burpees and I remember thinking at the time I could do that and then I also remember thinking could I do that I don't know I, I feel like I could do that anyway it was one of those things that kind of rattled around in my head on and off and it would come in and go out and, and then I, I got to the point a couple of years ago where I was like okay I feel like I need to do a, um, a fundraiser um, and I suppose when you're raising money for something um, you know, everyone's got their charity that they like to donate to and all that sort of stuff, which is fine because there's so many, so many places to send money these days. Um, but when I want to don't, when I want to run it, raise money, I think, okay, well, what, what can I do that will compel people enough to go? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to give, you know, some money. Um, and the thought, the burpee thing came back into my head and I was like, oh, maybe, Maybe, maybe now it's time to give it a crack. Um, and so, yeah, like I wanted to, obviously, you know, burpees are not a fun exercise for a lot of people. I personally don't. <laughs> I personally don't, I don't mind them, to be honest. I've always kind of felt that way. Um, and I thought, you know, like this is something that, I feel like I can do, but I'm also not actually sure if I can do it. Um, and for me, um, you know, when I make a decision to do something, I kind of go through this process of, you know, like what, what will the benefit be to me? Um, what would the benefit be to, you know, to someone else or to, in this case, the um, MS Foundation? Um, will it be, you know, is it something that, that is like super easy and won't kind of push me to a place where I won't learn anything new or will it? Um, and it kind of ticked all of those boxes of, you know, like it's, it's 
going to challenge me both physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, as a, I guess, as a trainer, um, I did also have that that thought of, you know, like, could this do something for my my profile as a, um, you know, as a fitness professional? Um, and you know, could it earn? You know, can I raise a decent amount of money for the charity through doing it? Um, all of the answers kind of came up with with yeses and ticked the right boxes. So I thought, bugger it, here yeah. we go. <laughs> yeah. well, well, good on you for doing that. And regardless of what the uh, quote unquote trolls uh, said, <laughs> like like I said, like those, those kind of people, they've got their own issues going on, right? And what you did, uh, just in terms, even if you just count it as raising money for charity and a worthy charity of that, is incredible. And then also the other things like inspiring other people i was super inspired when i watched that video like we have a mutual connection with jesse and she was the one that was like oh my friend's doing this burpee thing i was like what i fucking hate <laughs> okay <laughs> so like congrats for that and you mentioned just before you. that you're a trainer um so why don't you for people listening um just so they can get some context a little bit about yourself you're a trainer what else kind of stands out about Liz, uh, Liz Lorente. If I said that last name right, let me know if I got you it. did. You did. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I am a um a trainer. I've been in the fitness industry for for just on ten years. Um, and it's as corny as it sounds. Like since the first day that I started working in the industry, it, it really doesn't feel like a job for me it's something that I just um I, I feel most alive when I'm coaching people or when I'm in conversation with people about their health and, and wellness um so yeah it's it's a being a, a trainer is a real it's a real um honor for me to to be in that space um I grew up in Sydney I've got two kids um Oh God, what else do you want to know? <laughs> I think that's enough. We don't need to go too deep. You're a mom, you're a trainer, you've got a, a world, well, unofficial world record, but screw it, I'll call it a world record. Um, so you're obviously <laughs> a really driven person and it sounds like you do the things uh, you, you choose to do in life for some sort of reason and some sort of underlying cause. That kind of strikes me about you as a person. Is that kind of a correct assumption? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I try not to do stuff without um, kind of thinking about it and without making sure that it's something that, that I really want to be doing or that I really align with. Mm. Um, and that's, I suppose that's probably more, I guess, big stuff and little stuff, like both with, you know, even down to like choosing jobs or, um, you know, sometimes um, you know, figuring out what clients you want to work with or something like that. Like I do, I do think probably possibly sometimes too deeply about what I'm doing. Um, but I do think it's an, for me, it's an important part of, of my process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's, I guess, in a way, um, to bring it back to what we're going to talk about today, like finding a why, finding a reason, um, for, for everyday stuff and then the big stuff as well. So why is it so important to to have a reason in regards to like daily life stuff um in work in relationships and then also the bigger macro things in life like having long-term goals and long-term financial plans why is it so important to have a reason in your opinion um in 
In my, for, for me, um, and I mean, I can only really talk from my own, you know, experiences. Um, and I guess from lots of conversations that I've had over the years um, with, you know, friends or, or with clients, um, I think when you have a really deep connection to to why you do stuff um, in your life, whether it be, you know, what what you're going to do just in a day or, what you know, setting big goals or whatever, when, when the reason is really connected to your beliefs and your value system, I think the um, chances of you continuing to, you know, fulfill the the path or whatever or to achieve what you want to be the outcome or even just stay on track um success becomes a lot higher when you're deeply connected to to you know what why you're doing what you're doing Mm. um i think there's i mean you know there's also day-to-day life there's also stuff that um there's some stuff that we just do because you know maybe when we were a kid our parents said you have to do this and they didn't actually give you a reason so it just becomes something that is like something some stuff you just do because you just do it, it um habit, right? pardon it becomes a habit right and it's not 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 yeah. necessarily a good habit a lot of the time yeah yeah and there's some of those things that you know like if you did stop to think about it you could probably assess like why do i do this like it you know like whether it be a good habit or a bad habit if you actually sit down and go hang on why why do i do that um especially when it's something that you know like isn't good for you um going through that process of of actually kind of drilling down to like what's kind of created that habit um for me is also super interesting and but like super interesting and super exciting when um you have those conversations again i always bring it back to clients i suppose because they're the ones that i talk to the most about this stuff um and when they really can't, when you see someone go, oh, crap, like, now I get it. I just think that's just so cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and how do you kind of go about that? You mentioned asking yourself why. Um, but also, for some people listening, they might be thinking, well, I don't really have any values and I don't really have any principles. So when I ask myself why, I just don't know what to compare it to. Like, why do I do things? when I just don't know why I do things in general. Like I don't have any values, I don't have any principles. So, so how, do you, how do you go about doing that? Is, is step one to like figure out what your values and principles are? Um, probably, yeah. Like um, I get, and I think, you know, st- it's like we were say, just saying, stuff that, that is like habitual, um, it's not uncommon to just kind of keep going through the motions of, you know, like, good habits, bad habits, just, you know, not even addressing why you're doing it until it becomes maybe an issue or something goes wrong or something like that. Um, But yeah, I think having an understanding of what you believe in and what your values are and morals are as a person is, is definitely probably step one. Um, And that in itself can be quite confronting for people to actually even sit down and try and figure, figure out what that is, because I guess, like we said, you know, as kids, some of that stuff probably is from our parents or from, you know, the surroundings that we, that we grow up in. Um, and 
people don't often just casually get into conversation about like what's your value system and all that kind of stuff, especially in a family. Like I know my family never spoke about it. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely, um, it's important to know and to understand what that is about yourself, especially if you do want to change something or, or achieve something kind of outside of, um, you know, your day to day. Yeah. And I guess as well, like, even if you don't want to be like, you know, the Oprah Winfrey's or the Tony Robbins of the world, if you just want to lead like a pretty relatively happy life, you probably need some sort of foundations that of values, right? Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here, Liz. <laughs> what, is your, what is your value system? Like, what are some of your kind of core beliefs? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> that is putting me on the spot. Um, look, I think that um, honesty is, you know, mm. best policy. Um, and that's not just, that's like honesty with yourself as well. It's, it's, it's probably, I reckon to lie to yourself is probably the easiest person to lie to, but it's probably the worst person to lie to at some, at, at times. Um, I totally agree. <laughs> um, family, like family connection, family relationships. Um, that's, you know, having that, that solid, um, openness and, and connection in a family situation is, um, you know, that rates very highly for me. Mm. Um, mm, you really got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I just wanted to use it because like you say, like we don't tend to have these conversations about like what is your value system and what are your core beliefs and, even talking about just two of those there, um, and I'm sure you've got a couple a couple others that are relevant to you, but I feel like it's important to kind of have these conversations because so many people don't really think about why they do things in, in mm. day to day. And that's something like I've only really recently discovered in the past few years is like, why do I like do all the things I do? Like, what do I base my decisions on? So like, yeah. I'm going to come up with some values that work for me. And honesty is also one of mine and so is family more so relationships um but yeah i think i think it's important to highlight like before before you go deciding that your why is to make a million bucks or your why is to become the most successful entrepreneur in the world or something crazy like that like kind of make sure you understand yourself first right like what what do you actually want to be day to day like what kind of values do you actually yeah, value. <laughs> Day -to -day. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. With that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny because um, you know, even though we've just said that um like choosing a direction for, for a why and all that sort of stuff, it does need to be connected to your values. Um I can't even rattle mine off. Like they're, you know, like and I've had these conversations before, so I know that they're in there. Yeah. Um, but I think also, I guess, and it's probably why it's important to have the conversation more regularly because they can, they can shift a little bit, I think, and they can change, um, you know, depending on conversations that you have or things that you learn or, you know, things that come up in your life that make you 
I guess, question like, do I actually agree with that or do I not agree with that? Mm. Um, and yeah, I think I haven't had, like it's a conversation that I haven't had for a little while. So um, yeah, they're, they're obviously not super clear in my head right now. So I need to get, yeah. <laughs> I need to do some of my own, uh, my own work again. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think you touched on a really important point there. And like, I'm the same, like I can't rattle all of my values off the top of my head. Like I have to keep reminding myself what it is I value. And, and like you say, it, it shifts and it changes uh, as we get older and as certain events and situations happen in our lives. Um, but with that conversations about your values, do you think it's important as well to have those conversations with yourself, you know, maybe journaling or, or maybe kind of reminding yourself what it is you value in life? Yeah, hundred um, percent. And I, I mean, like I said before, I'm a, I'm a deep thinker and sometimes, sometimes I try to avoid those conversations because you don't want to go down that, like your own little rabbit hole, especially if, when you find yourself maybe in a situation where you're like, Oh, I don't really know if I'm happy to be here, but I kind of, you know, like it's, it's it's easy if I just stay like let's say in a job for instance like you might decide I'm not really happy in this job but the pay is good it's close to home like you can you can you know it's much easier to to not have that deep conversation with yourself to to really uncover like okay do I need to make a change um it can be easier to just go nah it's all fine but no I think you're right I think the um you know yeah whether it be like a little bit you know crazy like lit yourself or yeah journaling it and writing it down I think it's important part of the um the process and I guess the benefit with journaling is that you can always go back on it later like when it's written down yeah and you can reflect and you know especially if you get I guess to a ne the next point where you're sort of thinking like the next time you have that conversation have my values changed what am I thinking what am I feeling to then be able to go back to something that you maybe wrote you know two weeks ago, three months ago, two years ago, um, would be also, um, you know, quite interesting to see if and how things do kind of change depending on what's been happening in your life. Yeah, so it almost becomes like a reflection, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've got, um, I've got, I, they didn't, I didn't call them journals back then, I called them diaries, but I've got um, a box in my garage full of books and stuff from when I was like a teenager up until probably my early 20s where I used to write and write and write and write all the time. Wow. Yeah. Have you looked back on them recently? Not recently, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be an interesting little thought experiment. Look back and you're like, wow. So this was 18-year-old Liz. This was what she was thinking. <laughs> yeah, it would be. I think yeah. it definitely would be. <laughs> cool. So I guess a couple of points I got out of that is, like it's really important to ask yourself like what your reasons are for doing almost anything that you do in life. Um, and yeah. it's going to suck at times as well, right? Like you're, you're probably going to cry. Like I know I did when I, when I started asking myself about my whys and you're probably going to feel like shit, but you've, you've kind of got to look at it big picture. Like, do I want to be suffering mildly every single day and feeling as though I'm not living my, I guess, quote unquote, best life. I, I'm not a fan of that saying because it's used so much. But <laughs> Like I'm not living a good life like day to day or would you rather kind of take the icy plunge, jump head first into the cold lake, feel the suffering and then just be clear after that and understand your reasons. That's kind of like my take on 
on that on that kind of yeah um yeah absolutely so on on kind of a i guess a more macro level this word purpose is something that i think a lot of people get stuck on this idea that you've got to have this overwhelming purpose and meaning in life and it's it's got to be grand scale thing what's your kind of take on purpose and how people go about finding i guess purpose and meaning in life um that's a that's a an interesting question and good question for me at the moment because um you know we are in heavy lockdown in melbourne right now on the 4th of september 2020 <laughs> um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> um for such a long time um you know i've realized over this couple of months um since losing my job that a lot of my for use of a better word what i felt was my purpose was um attached to my work as a as, as a trainer you know i felt like it was my um yeah, my daily purpose to get up and to be able to to move these people and have these conversations with these people and and help them kind of unravel and and uncover their um, wants and desires and all that sort of stuff around their health health and fitness. Um, so it's something that I've been thinking a lot about lately because I haven't I haven't worked or haven't been training anyone since um, since March and so my whole um, life and days have you know reverted to revolving around my family um which you know that is fine but the the purpose i feel for them it's not the same feeling as what i get with my work Mm. um so i think it comes back to um to like your value system and what you value um but also i think for me it's probably somehow connected to what makes me feel successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I've had to do over this time is be clear on, okay, what does success look like to me in a day? Like if I get wake up at this time and I go to bed at this time, what do I need to have achieved or done in my day to feel like I've succeeded and to then feel like I've lived you know my purpose for for the moment um so you know i think purpose can i guess for well it has for me it can change and i think um it sometimes needs to be something that people realize can change because you know when life throws you upside down um you know like it 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 did take me a good probably four to five weeks before i really came out of that initial black hole of shit. like i've literally lost my whole like I did I felt like I'd literally lost my my purpose in life and then I was like no you can't like that can't be the case there has to be there has to be something more I think I think you touched on a really important thing there Liz um because a lot of people when they get stuck on this idea of like a, a supreme purpose in their life like I am destined to do this and this is my entire life's purpose what happens when let's say your purpose is to be an NBA basketball player and you have a hor- horrible car accident and you're not able to walk again, you know, or what happens if your purpose is to be, um, I don't know, a sniper in the military and it requires <laughs> incredible eyesight and you, you lose your eyesight in some sort of genetic disorder. You know, like there is things that we just don't know are going to happen in life. 
like coronavirus, for example, like right now with <laughs> your story, you know, your world getting flipped upside down. And if you have your purpose built around something external, in my opinion, like you're going to end up uh, like really lost at some point in your mm-hmm. life. If that thing disappears. For me, that was, and I think a lot of people get stuck in this trap. Like I, I had basically built my purpose around an ex-girlfriend of mine and she was like everything to me, right? Like my identity was based on her and uh, everything I did in life was based on her. And then when she broke up with me, which was fair enough, by the way, I, I applaud her. <laughs> she, it needed to happen. Um, <laughs> I, I, I lost like my entire purpose, I guess it was. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, like you're saying there, I had to sit down and really rethink like what defines success for me. And that's yeah. the other important thing you pointed out is like, what is success for me? Not what is the success I want other people to see me accomplishing? Like what is success actually for me? So maybe, maybe let's dive into that a little bit more. Like how would you, how would you kind of, I guess, coach people for lack of a better word on discovering what their version of success is? Like what are some of the things you've done in your own life to, I guess, figure out what success means to you? Um, I get, for me, like it's a bit of trial and error. Um, It has been over the years. Um, And there was definitely a period of time um, in my life that my success or what success was for me was very attached to, like you've just said, about probably more so what I thought other people were seeing me do and they thought was like successful. Um, And so if I wasn't getting that external gratification, even if it was something that, um, you know, I had thought was going to be giving me that, then I would get really like down about it. Um, So as far as, as coaching people on it or, you know, having conversations with people about it, um, again, it goes back to that really like, being really honest with with yourself and um, really understanding what what makes you tick as a person, um, the things that make you feel good, the things that make you feel shit. Um, I have a little project that I did with some clients a couple of years ago and it was called Just Do You. Um, and part of that project was... Um, for them to sit down and create a list of um, what I called their smile items, um, which I guess probably link into to, um, things that make them feel successful or things that make them feel good or things that make them smile. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was about really stripping back um, and going down to like just the really, really basic like the most basic thing, like when you see the sun come up in the morning, does that make you smile? Yes or no? Like when you see, uh, what are those flowers that you blow the things off? Oh, what are they called? Dandelions, maybe? No. Yeah, one yeah, of them. All of them. Yeah, like for <laughs> me, like they just light up my life. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, stuff like that. And so I've now learnt to kind of link some of that really simple stuff back into um, what success means for me and what it looks like. Because like you said before, you know, success, it, it, uh, 
stuff isn't always going to be able to be amazing. Like you can't be performing at a high, high, high level with everything all the time. And life can change in the blink of an eye. And if you're always expecting um, success or, you know, your purpose or whatever you, whatever word you want to use to call it, um, to be something on a grand scale, then the the chances of that being taken away from you or ripped out from underneath you at some point from for no fault of your own, um, you know, it, it's pretty high. So if you can find pleasure and, and success and purpose in simple things, um, then, you know, like I can walk outside and I can find one of those dandelion things. And, you know, if that's, if that's for me at the moment, some days that's literally like, okay, what's my, how is today going to be a good day? I'm going to go for a walk and see the sun and I'm going to go and find a bloody dandelion because I can't go and see my friends or, you know, all of those other things that, that usually um, I would tick off in my day as, as, you know, making me feel successful and like I've achieved and then I've had purpose in my day. There's a lot of those things that, that I can't do right now. So um, yeah, I think people need to understand, like have a, the scale of like the really, really simple things, the really basic things that no one can take away from you. Okay. And then, you know, adding on to some of those those bigger ticket items that, um, you know, that there might be more variables included in, but that you still have an element of, of control and, and um, you know, you can still kind of plan to achieve them. Um, but knowing that if they do get taken away, you've still got those like real basic ones that no one can ever take away from you. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there was a lot of power in what you just said. Um, and something I'd add is like, you can still have big lofty goals, but be happy on the day to day. Like it comes, it comes down to that. Like you said, that expectation, like, oh, if I reach this 10 year goal, then I'll be happy. Okay. So yeah. you want to be happy. So like, why don't you just go blow on a dandelion today and go enjoy the sun <laughs> and you're going to be happy and still be able to work towards your goals. Like it's weird. I find it strange that we have this disconnection that we can't be happy day to day and be working towards a big goal. Do you find that with some yeah. clients that, that people kind of think that way? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's, that's the, you know, it's the, the blessing and the curse, I guess, of, of trying to find that balance um, of understanding that, you kind of can have it all, but you kind of can't at the same time. Um, and I, something that I do think is important and, um, you know, that I try and do with myself and with clients and, and you know, if it ever comes up in conversation, um, you ne there needs to be smaller things in the day-to-day, -day, like you're saying, to keep you on track because some of those those big lofty goals, they're important and they definitely need to be there, but sometimes they can be really far away. And if you're not um, connected on the day-to-day -day with those other little things that, that are keeping your headspace good and that are keeping you actually moving towards that big one, um, then it can seem like a really, really long journey. And that's, I think, sometimes the difference between the people that actually end up getting all the way there and the people that don't is being able to... to stay in the moment of of the day-to-day -day and see those little wins and remember that they are getting you to that that bigger one um over time yeah yeah awesome um and with relationships uh and in particular family how important do you think relationships in general and also like having a family 
is to to having reason and 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 I guess purpose and a why in in day to day life. Have you found that specifically having a family has changed um, you in terms of like finding your reasons and finding your whys? Um. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I guess so. Like, it's. I suppose it's had to because it's not just about me. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad um, you said that. <laughs> no, screw those guys. <laughs> yeah, I might think that sometimes, but I don't often say it out loud. <laughs> no, no, I love them. Um, no, it definitely. Yeah, it definitely does because yeah, it's not just you know. I you go from from being. Um, you know, like a single young female to, to then having a, a boyfriend that then becomes a fiancé that then becomes a husband. So already then you've kind of got someone else that you need to start thinking about. I guess some people might consider that slightly differently because your partner's not a blood relative. Um, so, you know, the, the feeling of then having children, that purpose and, and that kind of reason um, and thought processes that go around things for me now with them definitely is is different. Um, and it also changed, has changed and will continue to change um, how I decide on, you know, my goals and those other sorts of things that I want to do for myself. They have become part of that process of, okay, but how will this affect them like you know especially if it's like a you know even like the burpees thing you know how much training time am I going to have to put in and what time of the day will I have to do that so that it doesn't impact them in a negative way um so yeah definitely like I mean it gives me a reason to get out of bed every day at the very least <laughs> yeah. Plus, right. Plus, uh... yeah yeah. If they if they weren't here, I'd probably stay in bed a lot longer, um, especially over the last couple of months. <laughs> yeah, right. I, yeah, I think what I get from from chatting to people who do have kids and and do have a solid kind of um, family foundation is there is often a lot more drive to be better, to to get up earlier, like you say, to get things done because it does become less about you and more about. I guess your little your little tribe like you you are kind of you kind of become someone that these kids are relying on to to do certain things right so it is a mm. big driver would you agree yeah definitely and they you know like um i mean when they're little they rely on you for everything like especially you know as the the mother if you're breastfeeding or anything like that like you if you're not there, they don't get fed kind of situation. So, yeah. um, and then, you know, your behaviours, they're watching your behaviour, they're listening to what you're saying, they're, they're watching what you do. Um, so, yeah, it does, you know, every every time I open my mouth, um, I, you know, whether, whether I end up being happy with what I've said or not happy with what I've said, like there's a, there's a feeling connected to that of, shit, okay, that wasn't a great um, example or, no, I'm really happy that they saw me do that right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for <laughs> me what that sounds like, um, taking it out of the family context, because, like, I don't have any kids uh, at the moment mm -hmm. in my life, but when, when I learn from my friends and, and people like yourself who do have kids, like what I, what I find is when I when I'm doing something that I find is contributing in any way to other people, and that not that other people have a reliance on it. Like for this podcast, for example, like it's not just me that I'm doing this for now. Like 
I understand that this has a positive impact on other people and like some there's people out there who who need this kind of positivity in their life. So I think I notice that a lot with my friends who have kids is that because it's no longer just about them, they feel like they need to do more and they need to be more and they need to be like the best version of their self themselves. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question here is how important do you think it is in your day-to-day life to be doing things for others to be contributing in some way. Um, sorry, my computer just flicked. Then. Yeah, You disappeared. What was your question? You have to, yeah, you have to yeah, ask me that again. Now. We, have, we have some technical difficulties. If you're not watching, <laughs> I flipped over upside down. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like contribution and giving and finding finding ways to like give and contribute on your day to day. How important do you think that is and having like purpose and reason and I guess joy and success in life? Um, I think it's, I think it's a personal thing. Um, I think it's different for everybody. Um, I have this kind of weird innate sense I don't know maybe it's what the intuition what they call it I don't know but I have this like deep internal feeling that um I need to be giving that I want to be giving that I want to be contributing um and if I think about my life and and all the things that I've done and even you know when I was younger um I was often involved in volunteer work or I would you know help out friends when they were moving house or, you know, like it's, it's just something that is, um, I guess if we go back to values, it's obviously something that I, I value quite, quite highly, but I don't, I definitely don't ever, wouldn't ever judge anyone if they said, no, I don't feel like I need to contribute in any way, shape or form externally. Um, but yeah, so I do, I think it comes down to, to personal, um, personal preference, personal feeling, and probably more so like, personal values um for me I get I don't know it just makes me feel amazing like when I am when I do something for someone that puts a smile on their face or when I do something for someone and they don't even know that I did it for them like that just um you know when I've done something that I know like you're just saying about your podcast like there's a million people out there that you'll never meet but you know innately that what you're doing is going to have a positive flow on effect and that um that feeling and that thought for me is like that's what makes me always kind of wanting to go okay well what what else can I be doing like what yeah. else can I be saying or you know how many people can I smile at when I walk down the street because even if they don't smile back at me I know that that smile will do something for them in their day even if they don't realize it at the time mm. um so yeah for me personally I think it's it's super important um but I also understand that there's probably people out there that that don't necessarily see it that way too yeah yeah 100 percent uh I'm glad you touched on the smile thing though because (laughs) yeah that like that is that small little thing it's like you say like find things during your day that make you feel successful or, or give you a little bit of reason and like the simple act of just smiling at someone. I know at the moment it's hard because we've got masks, but maybe you could oh. just wave at someone or say, hey, how's the day going? Like those little things like that. 
like you don't need to contribute like a million bucks to a foundation or you don't need to do a burpee challenge to raise a bunch of money like it could be as simple as you know just like smiling at someone or, or waving at someone and and by giving out that positive energy it kind of like bounces back at you tenfold quite often like when you see someone smile back at you like it's just like well sweet <laughs> uh, that's when i like want to high five myself that's like the best <laughs> <laughs> you actually go in the street eh? just like yeah people yeah. like <laughs> high five yourself <laughs> Well, you can't high five anyone else at the moment anyway, so <laughs> Yeah, true. Yeah, it's gotta be like the elbow one point five meter away, elbow pump. Yeah. But even yeah. That, I feel but like yeah, I think um and I think you, you make a good point there. Like, you know, um some people get really overwhelmed with but I can't do burpees for an hour and I can't do this and I can't do that. But you're right, like it doesn't have to be like they don't have to be big things like, and this is what, you know, we were talking about before. Um, and the thing that I, you know, like to get my clients to do is with thinking about these smile items, like drill it back as small, as small, as small, as small, as small as you can. Like you own your smile. Like you can, no one can take that away from you. Like, yes. Okay. Maybe now there's a mask, but it's still happening under there and people, your eyes change when you smile. So people can still tell if you're smiling or not. Um, and, that's right. Like you, you can have a goal for the day that is literally to smile at 10 people as you walk down the street. And, and that could be success for you for that day. And that could be your contribution. And it doesn't need to be anything more than that. Um, and I think if, if we start to, you know, think of the big, but then drill it right back down to the small and, and the basic, um, before you know it, you, you'd be achieving you know far bigger things from doing probably far less yeah 100 percent, totally agree it comes back to that kind of philosophy of the one percent things right like if you do the little one percent things like smiling at someone or maybe like you know giving a homeless man a sandwich on the street or or giving a friend a hug post-covid obviously social distance guys. <laughs> but those little things like you do a hundred one percent things that's a hundred percent and then you do a thousand, that's a thousand percent. Like it doesn't need, you don't need to be thinking, what can I do right now? That's going to be a thousand percent, the best version of me. Just like, what can I do? That was just, just make me that little bit happier that give me that little bit more purpose in, in my day to day. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So we've, we've kind of covered like the positive elements of it, but in your experience, what are some of the, like the, the key bad habits that you see people kind of practicing day to day that I guess to use a metaphor that uh, our friend Jesse uses uh, instead of filling the cup, emptying the cup, you know, like those bad habits <laughs> that kind of just like push you into those slumps where you feel like you're unsuccessful or you're not worthy or what have you kind of noticed? Um, let me think. Um, I find I know for myself, um, just allowing myself to, to buy into shitty thought processes. So, you know, like, um, what's a good example? Anything on social media right now. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Well, this is, well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like you can, it's what you, what you kind of put your energy to is what, is what kind of you get more of really um and so if you 
you know, if you read shit and think shit, then you'll get shit, really. Um, but the, the thing that I see a lot um, and, you know, I think I have to check myself on this sort of stuff often as well is when you know that you're doing something that doesn't make you feel good, um, whether it be, you know, you, you have a friend that you love dearly, but every time they talk, you talk to them, they just suck the life out of you. Um, but you keep, keep going back there or you have, you know, um, someone that, that just doesn't give you any joy whatsoever, but you don't have the balls to, you know, keep your distance or whatever. Um, so continuing to keep those bad people or bad habits even, like for smokers, I mean, what smoker doesn't know that that's, you know, how bad it is for you to smoke? Yeah, they continue to do it day in, day out, day in, day out. Um, you know, like holding on to to habits and, and things that you know are not serving you or not making you feel good. Um, but continuing, like, and maybe thinking about it and going, oh, I know this doesn't make me feel good, but fuck it, I'm going to keep doing it anyway. Yeah. Um, like, you it's it's the self-reflection part that I think people just don't want to um they don't want to do it they, they don't want to go through that hard part of of changing the habit or changing the behavior or changing the thought process because it is hard like you know creating habits is hard good habits or bad habits a bad habits seem to create easier I don't know why but <laughs> creating habits is is hard and changing habits is hard um and so you know, people as humans, we generally run away from what is difficult because it's difficult. It brings up difficult feelings. It brings up difficult thoughts. It means that you've got to do difficult things. And so, you know, naturally we want to kind of not do that. We want to move away from, from things that are difficult. So um, changing bad behaviours or, or changing bad relationships or changing bad thought processes it takes a lot of effort and a lot of time and um, that's overwhelming for people. And so people just go, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing, even though that I know it's not going to get me the outcome that I want. Yeah. Right. So do you think like one of the hardest steps and maybe something people who are listening right now, who are kind of nodding their heads and going, Oh yeah, <laughs> shit, that's me. That's me. Do you think one of the main things and the hardest things is to just like sit there and accept that the things you're doing in your life are not serving you well and that you need to make change? Do you think that's one of the hardest things? Because I, I find a lot of people make a lot of excuses and I'm one of them. Like every now and again, I still fall into a bad habit and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. But then I'm like, oh, but it, like it's good right now. Like, yeah, this <laughs> donut is like super delicious. So I'm just going to keep <laughs> You know, like it, it is really easy to make up those excuses. So yeah, how, how do people snap out of it and just like sit there and go, all right, I need to make a change. Like in your experience, how, how does that happen? Well, I don't, I don't, I, unfortunately, I don't think it's as easy as just snapping out of it for most people. Um, there's probably a very, very small percentage of the population that have that ability to go, this isn't good for me, I'm going to not do it anymore, and then they just stop. Um, the, the majority of people, it's it's a long process of, of firstly recognising, I guess, what, what you're doing or what you're feeling that actually doesn't make you feel good, um, and then acknowledging okay, yeah, that is the thing that I continue to do that's that's not making me feel good. 
But then figuring out how to actually make the change, um, that's, yeah, that's like the hard part. And I think that's where, um, I mean, in the fitness world, that's where having a a coach or a trainer or an accountability person can definitely, um, can definitely help. Um, and then, you know, like there's a, a wide range of, of things that are not great for us that, you know, probably you could keep going with for a little while before they really need to change. <laughs> um, but then there's the other ones that, you know, like it gets to the point that people, something bad ends up happening. And that's the, that's that point where they go, oh, shit, okay, actually this really needs needs to change. Um, but then there's also it's it's difficult to then go, okay, well, but how do I change it? Like, this is something that I've been doing for 10 years, 20 years, five months. Like this has been something, this is something that's so ingrained in me. Where do I start? Like, and that I think is also super overwhelming and can be the reason why people just go back to doing what they were doing because it's so much easier and so much less confronting. And um, if you don't have someone to kind of step through that process with, whether it be a friend or a trainer or whatever, um it's also you know it takes a lot of um willpower a lot of self-commitment to to make changes on your own um and that again like there's I think the percentage of people in the world that have that capacity to do that alone again they're they're the smaller percentage um and so people just keep their habits keep their bad habits yeah 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 I think that's important you touched on like yeah, will, willpower is one of those things, like you say, there's not many people that actually have it and consistently have it. So there's no shame. And if you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself right now, like I've been wanting to give up smoking for 10 years or I've been wanting to um, change up my diet and eat healthier and do some something that makes me feel fit and healthy. Like now's the time to reach out and like take the responsibility to ask for help. I think that's mm-hmm. that's one of the bravest things a lot of people can do like if you're struggling in an area like we live in a world where we're so connected to so many experts like all it is is just jump on google and let's say you're struggling you know mentally like with anxiety or something google search psychologist near you or if it's a fitness thing like google search you know liz Lorente or (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean like it's yeah it's really brave to ask for help so so just do it like we're not all like willpower freaks, you know, not all of us can just, like I was saying before, snap out of it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you don't even need to, it doesn't even need to necessarily start with a a professional person, like just, just um, finding someone to kind of keep you accountable, like actually openly verbalizing to someone, even just to a friend, I want to give up smoking or I'm going to give up smoking or I'm going to, you know, whatever, change X, Y, Z. I need you to keep bringing this up with me in conversation and ask me how I'm going with it. Because I think initially, like, if you don't have someone that keeps kind of checking in, even if you're not really sure yet how you're going to do it, when you have someone that starts to kind of check in with you and starts to actually say, hey, how are you going with that thing that you said you are going to change or how are you going with blah, 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 it keeps it at the forefront of your mind because it's, um, you know, like I think I said earlier about lying to ourselves. Like it's so easy to quit on yourself because no one else knows except you and you can either care about it or you cannot care about it. (laughs) 
and it's still that's all just happened just in you so if you've got someone else that externally starts to kind of keep you accountable to yourself as well as kind of accountable to them then it becomes I think something that can be easier um and that it's I don't know for me it feels like it can soften it a little bit and it's it can make it feel less overwhelming um and then maybe in turn bring you to the point where you go okay they've asked me enough times now actually like what is my next I do want to do it but what is my next step that I'm going to take now yeah right so having that accountability partner that's that's actually that's yeah, I think that's that's something that's going to be super useful for a lot of people, especially like it is really scary to like reach out and ask for help from a professional. Maybe having someone closer to you that you trust, just reach out and ask them to to kind of be your accountability partner, like you say. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's scary even saying it to someone that you trust. But once it's said out loud, I think the sc- that's the scary part, saying it out loud and saying it to someone else that makes it real. Mm. And then you like, then you have to kind of start to, you know, shift a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, I think the most important thing is actually saying it out loud mm. to go, okay, no, that's my stamp. Like this is the moment now I've said it. And now whether it takes me one day, two days, three days, four months, five months, whatever, I've said it. And now I'm going to start going on that process to actually, you know, do what I need to do to change it, whatever that may end up being. Yeah, I guess that's essentially acknowledging that the problem exists in the first place. If you don't acknowledge mm. it, it exists, then you're not going to do anything about it. It's as simple as that. So yeah. you, on a personal level, need to take responsibility for that part yourself because there's not going to be someone that knocks on your brain door going, hey, this is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> do something about this, please. <laughs> that's right. Um, so we're kind of getting uh, near the end of the podcast, um, but before I dive into what I coined the four and one, I wanted to ask you maybe, I don't know, three to five um, easy things that people could do today to, I guess, get them into that mood where they feel like they have a bit of purpose and a bit of reason in their day. And maybe once they lift themselves up to that level where they're smiling and they're feeling a bit of joy, they'll be able to acknowledge these other problems and start doing bigger things. But, but what are some of those things that people could do today? Um, well, I think that having a little bit of a conversation with yourself about the things that really um, that really light you up in a day and and starting with the most simple, the things that no one else can impact. So it's even more simple than talking on the phone with a friend because if you call that friend and they don't answer then that's you know that cancels that out for that day so like I said before about the the dandelions or the sunshine or the smiling at the person when you walk down the street like they're like my kind of top three and my my rainbow socks (laughs) they're like my um you know they're my things that I know that I can do in my day that no one else can take away from me and they literally do like those things they literally do make me feel really great um so you know I think the first thing is um sit down maybe with a notebook and start just writing like things that make you happy and you know you when I started writing initially um a lot of my stuff had external um 
attachments to it. So it was like going for a walk with a friend, doing a workout in the gym, those kind of things. So I had to really kind of go right, right, right down. Um, so, but just start, start writing like things that make you smile. And, and, you know, if you do see that there is other things attached to them, that's fine. Those things can still exist, but, but try and find the things that, that really make you smile that no one else can impact. Um, that would be probably the first thing that I would, um, that I would say. Um, and then the second thing would be um, starting more conversations with people about, you know, how, how they really are. And not just because of this crazy Corona time, but just in general, like I think people, people say, how are you all the time? But I don't feel sometimes like people really actually care how you really are. And most people just like will give you the yeah yeah I'm good kind of answer um but really like being being more honest and and open with the conversation and really start to understand how how you are and how the people around you are um yeah I think two I think two is probably a good place to start because they're pretty the first one will, will get people um yeah get people going well yeah, I think that I think that first one is amazing, and the second one, yeah, the, the second one as well. Just just telling people, like, you know, actually, I use a comparison to, I, I did that hey mate um, call that you know Gabe. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I jumped on that the other day, and I guess part of what he's doing, it, it's awesome what he's doing, uh, but part of it is like, obviously it's specific to men, but it's that whole idea of. Hey mate, how are you? Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Mm. Like, are you though? Like, dig a little bit deeper. Like, be honest with people. Like, if you if you're kind of feeling shit, like tell your friends. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling so great. And then it might lead into, well, what can you do about it? And then you might find that the answer is is there. You just haven't kind of asked the question yet. You know? Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's that's where it will link back into the doing the first thing mm. of knowing the things that make you feel better so that when you aren't feeling so great, you can like possibly impact that by going back to one of those really base level soul filling, simple things. Like we're, And they won't, like, you know, yeah, rainbow socks. <laughs> I have these. I'm not wearing them right now, but they're hot dog socks. Oh yes. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. Cool. I love I love fun socks. Hundred percent. And to make it a little bit more relevant to right now, um, obviously we're recording this on the fourth, but there's still going to probably be some sort of forms of lockdowns and loneliness and isolation right now. You can actually like it's not weird to have these conversations with yourself in the mirror. Like sometimes I'll stand in front of the mirror and I'll be like, "Dude, I feel like shit," and then <laughs> I'll I'll literally have a conversation with myself and be like, "Well, what can you do about it?" Go wear some hot dog socks. Go for a run. Um, have like a have a cute coffee at your cafe and say hello to a stranger. You know, like you can have these little conversations with yourself as well. Like you're not weird for having conversations with yourself. No, I agree. I agree. And also, you know, like it's important to acknowledge that you know it's okay to have a day that you feel shit, and you know maybe the rainbow socks won't won't completely change your day that day what um, i mean the rainbow <laughs> don't cure everything <laughs> but um you know the difference is is 
you know, allow how long you allow yourself to sit in that shit. You know, like if you sit in shit too long, you're going to smell like shit. So, you know, like <laughs> get out of it. <laughs> um, but, you know, acknowledging that that is okay. Like every day is not always going to be amazing. And, you know, rainbow socks or no rainbow socks, like you can have a shit day and that's okay. But I think, um, you know, if you, if you do have those conversations and you do start to understand what does make you smile or what does make you happy or what makes you feel successful or whatever it may be, that you can pull yourself out of out of those those days a lot faster if you don't sit there too long. Hundred percent. That is probably one of the wisest sentences you've said for the whole thing. I, th- I reckon I'll use that as a little intro. Actually, that that really that really stuck with me, Liz. I really like that. The, the don't shit. It's it's the simple metaphors, right? Like if you stand in shit, like clean it off quickly, and you won't smell like shit. It's that simple. <laughs> any more parting any more parting um wisdom <laughs> metaphors that you've got before i move into the four and one <laughs> uh no i can't do them on cue they just come <laughs> out. <laughs> awesome um cool so i'm gonna i'm gonna move into the four and one so it's something i do at the end of every podcast um with guests that come on the show so essentially what it's going to be is i'll ask you four questions some of them are deep some of them are totally random and then you get to ask me one question I just asked that question isn't about um, the reason for doing this podcast because I've probably had about five of the past eight people ask that question. So it's just going to be <laughs> over and over again. Okay. Okay, cool. So question number one, are you planning to break any more world records? I saw that the planking one is about eight hours. It's pretty hectic. There is no way that I would do a planking world record because I would prefer to stab myself in the eye. I think that would be so horrendously boring. I just couldn't, I like staying in the one position for like even 10 seconds for me is hard. So (laughs) that would be my worst nightmare. Um, Is there any more plans to break another world record? Well, it's funny that you ask because considering that you know, my last one is still, in my mind, unofficial. There is a consideration that it might be done again. Yes. Oh, oh I'm excited. I'll be checking <laughs> on the live. Uh, <laughs> cool. Next question. What are you most excited about doing in 2021? <laughs> um, Hugging people. <laughs> Yeah, hugging people. Um, oh, gosh, what am I most excited? Probably being able to, I, I grew up in Sydney um, and I have lots of friends, you know, in different states. Um, so probably being able to to move like in, in to other states in Australia again or even, you know, this time last year I was in Bali. So it'd be nice to go back there again. Um, yeah, to be able to, to, to travel again would be um, amazing. Um, and the next one, who would you most want to meet, dead or alive? Oh, I've had this question asked a lot of times to me and I just, I'm not sure. I just, <laughs> I don't know. Mother Teresa is always one that kind of comes up in my mind. Mm. Um, I'm not a religious person, but I I have always been fascinated by her and her work and um, I'm fascinated by India as a country. Um, so I'm going to say Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa. Cool, cool. 
And the last one, what is the dumbest way that you've injured yourself? Obviously, you do a lot of fitness, so I'm assuming there's probably something silly that's happened. And if you're friends with Jessie, then I'm sure her clumsiness has probably rubbed off a little bit. So <laughs> shout out to you, Jessie. Love you. <laughs> um, the dumbest way I injured myself. Well, I I did all of the ligaments in my ankle a couple of, a couple of years ago um, when I was unpacking my car because I was about to get a new car the next day and I had everything on the ground and I thought that our dog got out and ran down the street so I ran around the car and jumped over the boxes to go and chase him and as I jumped over the boxes I landed terribly and hit the deck and um was in a moon boot for eight weeks holy shit that's that's pretty funny i mean i bet it wasn't at the time but it's kind of funny now it definitely wasn't at the time no but it is now yeah cool well you get uh one more question from me and then uh i'll ask for maybe like your instagram details if anyone wants to get a hold of you if you're okay with that yeah sure so my question to you for um it can be like super profound or it can be super dumb or it can be just anything. <laughs> you should have told me about this earlier because I would have thought about it harder. Maybe that's a good <laughs> point, actually. Maybe I should start talking about it. Um, <sighs> what's, what's the biggest goal that you've got on your radar at the moment? Ooh. I think at the moment, like considering like how messed up everything is, um, how do I say this without it sounding weird? <laughs> just say it, doesn't matter. <laughs> I think it's just a, I think it's just to find reasons to smile in a time that's like really it's hard to find reasons to smile, you know. So like it would, it would be amazing of me to say, you know, like my goal is to accomplish this huge thing, but I think it would take away from what we've been talking about in this podcast. So mm. for me really right now, it's just to find those small things because like it is really hard right now. Like I get it. Like a lot of people are really struggling mentally. Um, and I have those days too. Like, you know, like I'll have certain days where like I'll cry in the shower or something. So just finding those little things like go out and, you know, go for a stroll to the cute cafe down the down the road or go for a run in the morning. Like this morning I went for a run and like it was a good run for me. Like it was solid. It was no like Hussein Bolt sprint, but like it was it was pretty good. Like I was I was pumped on that. So that made me smile. Um, yeah. and like having little conversations with people in the elevator, like you can tell there's this weirdness because we're all wearing masks. But that mm. makes me smile as well. So I think that's the main goal on my agenda right now. Nice. Cool. I like it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so to finish up, if uh, if anyone wants to reach out and get in touch with you, Liz, or maybe they just want to kind of see your journey or get motivated without having to uh, do the fearful step of having a conversation, uh, <laughs> how, how can they find you? Um, I am on Instagram. Liz Clean and Lean is where you'll find me. And I am always, always open to conversations, chats, meeting new people, reconnecting with old people. So, you know, if you've got a health related question, fitness related question, if you just need someone to talk to, like I just love people. 
Um, so, and I'm not really, I don't think I'm that scary. So please feel free uh, to. Uh, you're very involved, <laughs> very happy and very, uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed having a conversation with you. So I highly recommend it. And I'll leave all that stuff in the description too. So if anyone wants to find uh, Liz on Instagram, I'll pop it in there. Wait. Awesome. Any, any parting words of wisdom? No more stepping in shit metaphors? <laughs> nah, just, um, just do you guys. Just figure out what makes you you and do more of that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Liz. Thank you. Well, guys, that's it for today's podcast. I hope you got a ton of good information out of that. And I hope that you apply all the things that you learned today into your life. Because remember, knowledge is only potential power. Knowledge becomes powerful when you choose to take action and use it. So crack on with your week. Enjoy your day. And please go out there and ask yourself why. Find your reason for each and everything that you do in the day.